What happens when an actor decides to specialize in quirky supporting roles? And what does it mean to be a character actor? The unforgettable and very one-of-a-kind Maddie Carteropel joins us today on The Cultured Podcast to talk about his niche playing the clerk in today's biggest movies and TV shows. I'm Michelle Corey, a travel arts and culture writer and marketing strategist who travels the world in search of fascinating stories and unique perspectives in the arts. And this is The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation with talented artists, performers, and creators from around the globe to serve you a digestible dose of culture for all. Welcome, my lovey-doveys. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Oh, I've been a bad girl. I didn't upload the past couple of weeks. Well, here's the thing. Today's inspiration is also the reason why I have not spoken to you in so long. I know we went from being weekly and now there's been a couple of gaps in that scheduling, but here's the reason why. You guys... (laughs) I've started a new business. <laughs> I am opening the very first of its kind podcast production studios, event space, and community hub in Atlanta, Georgia. And that amazing place is called Frequency Media Co. Frequency, of course, being very millennial because it's spelled F R Q N C Y. Frequency Media Co. And we're already open for business. So we're doing full service podcast production. We're working with two podcast clients right now, Launchpad 2X. You got to check them out, launchpad2x.com and the Freeing Energy Project, freeingenergy.com. So we're helping both of those incredible brands develop podcasts and do so strategically. Uh, But what I'm also doing is opening a brick and mortar space where we will have our own studio spaces, where we will offer memberships to content creators and podcasters, and where we will offer hot desks to those members. And we're also going to offer production packages for people who are ready to invest a little bit more in their podcasts and of course, full service production. It has been an incredible experience to start this business. It has taken all of my heart and soul to be committed to this idea and to turn it from a vision into a reality. You know, I've never opened a brick and mortar space, but what I can tell you is I have the passion, the experience, and the know-how, but most importantly, I have the team to get this done and to do it right. I'm really excited. I would love for you to visit Frequency. You can add us on all the socials, Frequency Media. That's F-R-Q-N-C-Y Media. And we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. And you can go to Frequency.media to check out the website. You can subscribe to the newsletter. And as soon as those memberships and production packages are available, you will be the first to know. Y'all. This has never been done in this way in the, on the whole planet, I would assume. But our market analysis and our competitive analysis shows that it's actually never been done in the United States. So we are pioneering in the podcast industry. And I hope you feel the same way that I do, that the only thing that could take me away from you like this is that. 
because it's my calling. I never like when people talk about having found their calling or, or aligning with their purpose, it's always felt very abstract and unrelatable, frankly. But now with frequency, I did it. I found it. This is my purpose. This is my calling. So please have a little bit of grace with me. I'm learning to have a little bit of grace with myself. We are moving the Cultured Podcast to bi-weekly instead of weekly for a limited amount of time to allow me to open frequency and let it be exactly what it needs to be. And then eventually we'll move back to weekly because babes, I'll have my own studios. <laughs> I'm really excited. I hope you're excited too. You can email me to learn more about frequency. You can just email me at info at cultured podcast. If you have any questions or want to know more about memberships or production packages or full service production, which is what we're already doing for clients right now. Info at Cultured Podcast. Babes, I love you. I've missed you. Let's get to it. Welcome, Maddie. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, fair to Midland, as my stepdad would say. Fair uh, to Midland. That's an expression. Have you heard that expression? I've never in my life heard that. Me either. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm doing great. Doing good. I, I'm a little hot. LA is very hot right now. We have a really bad heat wave going on. So like every day, it's just you're melting every day. So. Well, we're about to chill things out with this episode, you know, or maybe amp them up. I don't know. I don't know. It might be fire or yeah. it might be chill. I don't know. You're doing better than great. Yeah. I mean, you are, you're an actor, but for all intents and purposes. I'm, uh, I'm phenomenal, actually. <laughs> you're amazing. Um, you're as good as pizza. Did I just strike a chord? Oh, yes, you did. Pizza's my brand. Yeah. Uh, I love pizza. I love pepperoni pizza. Kind of a classic guy. But I've been going easy on pork and I've been going with more with like chicken pizza. Wow. Gotta watch my figure. Well, and, you know, besides pizza being your brand and besides being an actor, you're you're actually more than anything like a shapeshifter because you're a character actor. So you have played some really interesting, quirky characters uh, on some very famous shows. Do you want to tell us about some of your favorite roles? Uh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I play a lot of quirky roles, like you said. Um Quirky, that's such a funny word. I love that word. Right. Um, it's appropriate. Yeah, I've played, uh, yeah, some of my favorites would be like uh, Jurassic World. I played a ride operator in the first one named Josh. I shut down the park because dinosaurs were coming. And I'm a little sad, though, because I wasn't in the second one. And okay. I think I could have been in it. They totally could have had me. I don't know if you've seen the new one, but they do. They are at the original park briefly. And I thought it would be hilarious if I just like came out and was like, guys, I'm here. And I'm just like eating a bag <laughs> of Cheetos. I love Stranger Things. I mean, that that oh, role yes. has really been really fun for me. Just the fans are incredible. And the kids on the show are incredible. And. So describe that role. I play uh, Keith. I play uh, the manager of uh, of the palace. Mm -hmm. I play like a arcade manager, 
what other roles do I love? Um, I'm in Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate events on Netflix also. My character's name is Orlando, a.k.a. henchperson of indeterminate gender. <laughs> um, neither a man nor a woman is what they say in the books. And that was really fun. I play one of Count Olaf's henchmen mm-hmm. um, on the show. And that was really fun. We filmed in Vancouver. And all my characters are very, like, very observant and just kind of call it as it is. Or they add kind of, like, funny antidotes or buttons to scenes. and uh, Or, like, the most intelligent person in the group and you wouldn't expect it. Have you always been a character actor? Or was that a groove that you eventually found yourself in? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my face, but, uh, you know, of the way I look, I think definitely um, I look like a character. So um, it's very easy for me to play a character because I look like a character Mm -hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it's really fun being a character. For instance, Orlando, that role. How do you prepare yeah. for it? I mean, you have to be pretty, I feel like you have to be pretty amped up when filming anytime you're filming for a role like that. Like, Keith was more subdued, you know? He's like this chill, kind of nerdy guy that runs the arcade. Very chill. But when you are when you have to be amped up every time you're filming, how do you get yourself in the zone for that? Amped up for Oh, for like um, a Sears Unfortunate event? Yeah. Like you thought I was kind of amped up? Well, because like the situations are so wild and there's so much energy happening in a lot of the scenes where the henchmen appear. Um, Well, at least that's how I perceived it. So how do you get yourself into that place or is it a very natural state for you to be in? Uh, Well, I I don't think my character was very amped up. I mean, I, I felt like I was kind of... I'm always very subdued and dry. So I, and I think that's a good contrast between you're right. Like between the, the high energy and the low energy, mm-hmm. I'm on the low energy spectrum. That's true. And I, I like, I like playing that, uh, you know, I like being that way. Cause I think it just comes very naturally to me. Um, I'm not a super animated person. I think it's just, the way I am. I mean, um, so it's, so yeah, it was very easy for me to just to, to be that character and to be in that world. Have there been any roles recently that you've auditioned for or read for that have really connected with you? And what are those roles like? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Jurassic world. Uh, I really felt like, Oh, this is, this is great for me. I know what this feels like. Um, I've worked so many jobs like that before I was an actor and just, you know, you know, I was like this ride operator that really didn't like his job. It seemed like, and you know, I've, I've been a clerk. I was, my first job was a clerk at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you know, when I was 14, uh, I sold like, um, portraits like art portraits of famous artists out in front of Petco out of a U-Haul van, (laughs) like for this company. I've done so many crazy jobs. Uh, I was a personal assistant uh, for Luke Wilson for a couple of years. That's right. Um, 
yeah, I've just, I just I sold ice cream out of a you know an ice cream truck in New Hampshire. I just those jobs I kind of really can relate to, and I, I'm like I know what that feels like. But um, yeah, I think recently I've been thinking like, well, I'm 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 better than a clerk. I can do more. So I'm looking forward to really finding things that I can do that have a little more weight to it, like leading man or, you know, um, roles like that. What would be your ideal role then in this in this kind of future vision of what you what you want to achieve next? There's a lot more to me, my personality. And um, I think like I really I, I, I yeah, I have a, a script that I'm writing that's kind of in development, but it kind of explores those themes of I'm more than this, or I have more to offer the world. It's going to be a documentary style um, of me as a side job. I'm going to play professional baseball. I'm going to be a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. (laughs) So in this film, I'm going to see what it's like to, to have a side job of being a pitcher for the Red Sox and like, have like where I do tryouts, like trying to play baseball and stuff like that. Um, and just <laughs> kind of... As a side job, nonetheless. <laughs> yes, as a side job. That's kind of the joke. Um, but just, you know, in the documentary, explore how like I'm better than a clerk and really, really try and figure out what that means and interview other actors and baseball players and you know, see if they think I can do this, see if it's possible, you know, because it's already hard to be an actor. It's even harder to become a, a baseball player. So I'm, uh, it's kind of, but also it's kind of that dream of like anything's possible. And I truly believe that and kind of exploring that too in the movie of, uh, you know, if you visualize it, it can come true. That sounds like a theme yeah. from your poetry book, too. I mean, you published a chapbook uh, of poetry. Yeah. And I read some of the poems, and, and they're really, I mean, I think they tap into those deep emotions that you talked about a second ago, and this idea of there being something more than just comedy or more than the clerk role. There's there's a lot of hope and spirit in the poetry book. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to put together, to publish a poetry book? I've just always been drawn to poetry ever since, like, I think poetry is one of the things that really got me into acting. It's it's my, I had this teacher in high school that really believed in me and helped, helped, helped me kind of shine. He was a really good guy. You know, we would just have these poetry assignments and then he'd have weekly poetry readings at our local bookstore. And that was when I really started to explore, you know, language and performing. And because I think we kind of live in a world right now where you don't really stop and really try and figure out how you're feeling you know, everything's kind of like, go, 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, what's next. And people don't really, and that's why I wanted to write it. And I, I wanted to inspire people to kind of explore their own emotions of what's going on with them and write it down. And uh, yeah, that's why I I wrote the book because I just felt like that's something that I really 
in the moment was feeling like I need, need to do this. I've always wanted to write a poetry book. Uh, and it was really fun to make. Yeah. That's so exciting. Congratulations. I mean, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment and it takes a sense of vulnerability. I mean, just like acting does, but you know, poetry and getting your true thoughts and feelings, not just another characters out there is, is an immense accomplishment. So, you know, poetry has been a part of your life for a long time. Uh, You know, you got that sort of introduced you to performance, which led to acting. But tell us a little bit about more specificity around your journey as an actor. When was your first audition and how did you gather the courage to do it? My first big kind of, well, it wasn't really, I'll just tell you the story, but I, I, it was to be, it was like the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And I think it was maybe in 2002 or something. Uh, and I auditioned to be uh, an extra, but it was like a featured extra. And they fly you out to wherever they filmed on an island and put you up in a hotel. And, you know, I was just coming out of film school and I was like, sweet, this would be amazing. Um, this is like the perfect job. So it was to be a pirate on the ship of Pirates of the Caribbean. And um, I went to the audition and I was really committed to the character, you know, of being a pirate. Like I, I put like Vaseline in my hair and like looked really grungy and I wore like old chef pants. And I don't even remember what the shirt was. It was probably like a, you know, beat up white shirt. And, uh, and, you know, the the character was just a pirate. And I had this idea that I was like cabin boy or something, like the guy that cleaned up everything. Mm-hmm. So I brought uh, a bucket with me uh, to the audition filled with water. Filled with sponge. water? <laughs> yes, soapy water. Forget pantomime <laughs> like, when you actually totally have soapy water. <laughs> and And I think I did like, you know, acting exercises in the car before I went in, I was like trying to, I was like, Oh, what if I'm going to have to cry? So I like tried to like sit there in the parking lot and try to make myself cry. And <laughs> like, just like stuff that you would never, like I would never do that stuff now. And, uh, and then, you know, we went, you know, we got into the audition and, uh, I was like the youngest kid there. Um, and the director, you know, gave us direction. It was like six people in the audition. And the direction that he gave us was, uh, okay, I want you guys to like, you know, argue over this bottle of rum. Like you guys just improv a scene of you arguing over this rum. Tell me you cry. And he's like, all right, action. <laughs> no, that's, no. <laughs> I should have done that. That would have been the smart thing to do. Right. What I did was he called action and I just like got my bucket of water and dropped on the ground and just started scrubbing the floor <laughs> with the sponge as they as they act out the scene. And I was just like, oh, my God. Looking back on that, I'm just like, what were you thinking? Like that's he gave you direction. 
And uh, you were like, I but I'm, they, but I'm, I'm the cabin boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fight. I clean. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. I'm a cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I think the director just looked at me like, what the hell is this kid doing? And I, I think I was like, after the audition, I, I think I thought like, oh, well, that went great. I made a really good, really smart, weird choice. And looking back, I was just like, no. And <laughs> I didn't get it. And I was devastated. And I was so upset. That was kind of my first big audition, you know, that that I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. just that I got in Hollywood, I think, was that, which is pretty funny. And then a few months later, I, um, I like started working for Luke and he actually started putting me in his movies which was really nice of him. That's so, awesome. So like I was in uh I was in Blonde Ambition with Jessica Simpson and Luke. I was like a male worker, uh, a male room worker and um yeah, that was really fun and uh and then Owen put me in a film uh called Joe but Taylor where I played a 7-Eleven clerk. Uh, where I actually got to play a cabin boy. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was kind of, those were my first two big gigs. And then um, and then after drill bit, I was like, oh, I'm set. I'm going to get all these jobs. Everything's going to roll in. I'm set, set for life. And I was just like, nope, nothing happened. Like, that was from like, I was 23 probably like 29 uh i just i did a bunch of commercials and and um but then i kind of got hit with uh like a health thing unexpected health thing mm. um i had to have uh open heart surgery what uh, my so heart young? Got, yeah oh my yeah goodness. yeah well that's been kind of a kind of a fear and and uh for me is is like you know the the fear of death because when I was 19 I was misdiagnosed by this doctor that said I wouldn't live to be 25 what yeah that's a huge misdiagnosis don't go to that doctor no do not (laughs) but um yeah so uh I'm kind of backtracking now but um but yeah I had that fear kind of and then when I was 27 well, I went to a different doctor when I was 25 and they said, uh, no, you're fine. But then a couple of years later, um, they're like, actually, this is a problem and we need to operate like immediately. So, uh, wow. my heart got too big for my body. So they had to go in and, and make it smaller. Oh, they're like, no oh, big you're deal. loving too much, man. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. Just an easy, you know, you're giving fix. too much to your roles, uh, Maddie. It's making your heart. Yeah. Too much love. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I got the surgery, not, not fun. Don't recommend it. No way. And, um, then I kind of had a really new perspective on life and, uh, I really started, really started going for it and, uh, just really started putting myself out there. Cause before I was kind of waiting for the phone to ring Mm -hmm. and I was like, that's not, kind of figured out that's not how this works so yeah I just started like 
networking and and really putting myself out there and really believing in myself and that's when things really started to change for me so um so yeah if you know because there are a lot of i have a lot of uh or, or i just hear a lot of people that are actors that don't really own that they're an actor they're just like oh well, i'm kind of an actor and it's like no you need, you know if you're not in anything you just need to uh, even you know still own it be like mm-hmm. yeah i'm an actor that's what i do um without a doubt i think yeah i think i just started owning it or really anything you do it's like you you gotta you really have to believe it believe in yourself and i think i really started to do that and that really helped me i'm so glad you you made it out okay and that you know your career also has has blossomed since then and your creative mind has blossomed, it sounds like. And, you know, you've got Space Cadet out there. So if people want to buy your book of poetry, they can go to Amazon and find you there or Etsy, right? Yeah. Um, so you have put yourself out there. So now let me ask you, what do you do to keep yourself feeling creative? Do you go to acting classes continually? Do you do writing workshops? Or what, what do you do to stay uh, just animated? Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important in any craft is is that you stay engaged and connected. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I take, um, you know, I'm just taking right now, I'm just taking an improv class for fun and taking like a sketch writing class because I know that there'll be tools that'll help me with what I do next. And um, yeah, it's important to, you know, go out and see plays or go out and see comedy or talk about comedy with your friends or, um, you know, just stay engaged on, on, on what's happening. And, uh, you know, I'm writing and, um, I'm also, I'm working with Tony Hale on his new animation show, which is really cool. Um, what's it called? Uh, it's called Archibald. Mm -hmm. And what's it about? It's based on a, um, on a book that he wrote. I can't say much about it, but um, yeah, it's it's very hush-hush, you know. Hi. Um, for anyone, just stay engaged, stay curious. It's I think it's really important to really grow because I, I feel like I've come a long way in what I've been doing, but I feel like I have, I still have things to learn, and I think that's really important. Oh, without a doubt, life is an uh, an endless yeah. journey, um, and and an endless lesson. That's that's really exciting. So, what kind of advice do you have for any any listeners out there who are interested in doing more character work if they're actors? What kind of advice do you have for them to pursue those roles? I, I do have advice. Um, I would say just kind of figure out who you are and how you fit in the world, and stick with that. Like if you're if you're really good at comedy, do comedy. If you're good at drama, stick with drama and really, you know, study your craft as much as you can, uh, you know, uh, make your own stuff. That's really important. Make your own films, short films or uh, feature films or animation or comedy or it's it, like I said before, it's really important to be engaged. So make sure you study as much as you can. Uh, be kind. That's really important because uh, 
these relationships are going to um, be really important in your life. And it's important to kind of put that out there. Also check out the books, um, the war of art, the tipping point. Uh, what other books? There's one other one. Oh, the artist's way. Uh, those are really good books that will help you with your career. They've really helped me. I know this sounds kind of cheesy, but the secret, mm-hmm. I watch that quite a bit and I, I visualize stuff. It really helps. Um, and yeah, and, and, and don't give up. Like, I think that's really the important thing is it really takes time and you can't get frustrated about it, but just keep doing it. Uh, it's really important, really important to just keep doing it. Uh, believe in yourself and dreams can happen. I have, uh, I have an artist mission statement that I have written out. Um, it's, it's, I see it every morning when I wake up my intent in the world is to bring joy and happiness and that's, and I love doing it. So, um, so that's another thing, uh, you know, for people starting out is really have a strong intent of why you're doing what you're doing. That's incredibly inspiring. Thank you so much. And oh yeah, thank you for being so kind. You've been really kind in this whole process yeah. of us actually finding the time to do this. And oh, yeah. you bring so much joy and laughter and, and quirk through your roles. So I appreciate your work and I appreciate you for bringing some of that Thanks. inspiration and creativity to the Cultured Crew. Yeah, thank you. Well, folks, there you have it. Didn't I tell you Matty Carteropel is one of a kind? I mean. So you can find him on Instagram at Matty Carteropel. You can also find him, of course, at on IMDb. You can find his book on Amazon. And we will provide all of those tasty links in the show notes page at culturedpodcast.com. Until next time, my loves, keep it classy, keep it curious, keep it cultured. Michelle Corey. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Frequency Media Co. Visit culturedpodcast.com to read the show notes, get episode extras, and to sign up for our newsletter. You can subscribe to Cultured on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts are found. Music